Hi, this is John Barnes, and you're listening to Cop On. Welcome, welcome, everybody, everybody around this beautiful world. This beautiful world. Jurgen Klopp talked about climate change, something we've got to talk about. We've got to talk about that to protect this beautiful world. But this is all very, very exciting stuff. The beginning of the Premier League season. So just before it kicks off, and we're some two hours before Crystal Palace versus Arsenal kicks off. We're going to go through our our predictions, not for the weekend, but for the entire season. And I haven't done an introduction for a while, and I had about five minutes to write something before this started. So I wrote a little intro, and why not? Here it is. Humans have always been interested in divining the future. Accurately predicting what's going to happen would be so hugely advantageous to so many members of society, from the farmer planning their crop yields, to the general making battle plans, to the social media star deciding just how much buttock, cleavage or bollock should be shown on their latest post for maximum attention. And as such, throughout human history, many forms of divination have been invented. For example, French mathematician and fun lover René Descartes believed that a mathematical model could be discovered that would be able to explain everything that has happened and everything that will happen. Whereas the ancient Greeks, for example, had something called spodomancy where the future could be read from the cinders, soot, or ashes from burnt sacrificial offerings. Therefore, here with me today to examine the metaphorical cinders or ashes or soot of our sacrificial Twitter virgins are Liam, Ryan, Douglas, and Alan. And it's an absolute joy that you're all here with me. We're going to get kick off, and uh, anyone watching on YouTube, you can get involved in the chat. Gary Richards is here already. He says, "Tally ho, Owen! Tally ho, Gary! Welcome, welcome, welcome!" And uh, yeah, let's get going. So yeah, tarot cards, tea leaves, crystal balls out. Quit put your crystal balls on the table, guys. Um, or there's a weird one that my mum uh, showed me once, which is where if you peel an apple in one go so you make a sort of spiral of the um of the apple peel uh, it's got to be done in one go and you turn it three times around your head and throw it over your shoulder and then examine what it says it, it, it's supposed to give you the initials of who you're going to marry and i remember liking this game when i was a child and uh, you know uh, but probably fortunately i haven't grown up to be polygamous um, so, Liam, welcome. Question one, we've got 14 questions to get through. Question one, we're going to wait. You know, the obvious question, who's going to win the league is going to wait. Sure. Question one is who will end up third and fourth? And welcome back to Copper. Thank you very much. Um, I think it's a difficult one, to be honest. I mean, um, it's been said a lot that Chelsea going round like the playing football manager. Um a lot of people are raving about Tottenham's window when you really dive down into the transfers, probably bar Perisic and Basuma. I don't think they've improved that much. They probably got better on the bench. They've always had a really good starting eleven, besides some problems in midfield, but um, I'm not so sure that they've elevated to the levels that people think they have. Um, 
I really like Arsenal's window. Um, I think Jesus could be a game changer, particularly they've lacked a goal scorer with Lacazette and uh, Aubameyang almost being basket cases in the last couple of seasons. Um, I don't think Man United are really pushing for top four based on the summer they've had so far, where they were at the end of last season, more challenging for the Europa Conference League places with West Ham. Um, so I'm going to say that Spurs finished third and at the moment I'm going to go for Arsenal fourth, but I could easily see Chelsea moving into third or fourth if they be a bit more calculated with the signings. I think 62 million and a lone player of a really promising centre-back in Colwell for Kukurea is a massive overpayment. Uh, but, you know, if they can be a bit more calculated with a decent centre-back signing, they could easily push into that because Koulibaly and uh, probably a bit too late signing, but still a really good centre-back. And Sterling is probably a game-changer in the final third. Now they've got a reliable goal scorer proven in the Premier League. It's a great answer. And Chelsea are very interesting. Great to have Rene B in the chat. He says Chelsea... Um, have bid 70 million for Fofana, but it's been rejected by Leicester, and that will be the last offer. Fofana is a wonderful talent, and I agree, Liam. You know, if they do uh, manage to recruit one or two players, and I mean, for me, they 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 would definitely finish four. For me, it's Spurs and Chelsea. Spurs because um, they're you know, their manager is really fantastic. Uh, he's brought them up a level um, or several levels since, uh, you know, he came in. He's been absolutely magnificent for them. Son and Kane, lethal. But adding, you know, players like Perisic, not enough people have been talking about how good Ivan Perisic is. So for me, they're going to finish a clear third. And then the fourth place, I reckon Chelsea are going to sign one or two to, to you know, bring up their level, at, you know, from where it is now. And uh, they should get fourth ahead of Arsenal, who will start well and fade away. Mark my words, they will start well and fade away. Gabriel Jesus will score some goals and then he will revert to type and forget where the goal is from six yards out. Ryan, welcome back to Cop On Podcast. What are your thoughts on this? Who will end up third and fourth? So, um, really good way of, um, sort of framing the conversation there. Um, I think Tottenham will finish third. I, I think the one signing that they've made that, for me, is going under the radar, um, and not without reason, is Clement Longley on loan. Um, now, he's been a, he was patchy at Barcelona, but I think he is more consistent than Davinson Sanchez. A back three, if you like, central three of him, Longley, um, Romero and Dyer is reasonably solid. Um, I don't necessarily think that is present at Chelsea. Um, but if they do sign for Farno, and from what you said, it looks unlikely, I will put them in third, Tottenham fourth. Uh, but as it stands, I put Tottenham third, and I think Arsenal fourth. But I am not terrified, but certainly uh, monitoring Man United's progress based on, you know, yes, it was only pre-season, and yes, it was only the first game of pre-season, but they all up to us 4-0. Um, I think Ten Hag, I think Man United have been lacking two things for a long time. Uh, a manager who can make them play as a team, I think Ten Hag fits that bill. Uh, I think they're lacking a DM. I still think they're lacking a DM. And I don't think Martinez is the answer. Sandro Martinez is the answer for that. Um, I think a season ago, Declan Rice was the answer for that. And instead, they blew their money up the wall on Sancho, which they didn't actually need. Um, but if United, I, I can see United being the dark horse for the top four. No further than top four, but top four. Interesting stuff. I would, I would still 
I would keep them away from the top four because I don't think they've improved enough. I haven't seen Lissandro Martinez really play, but uh, John Gibbons from the excellent Anfield rep, John Gibbons, friend of the show, uh, compared him to Danny DeVito. So that's all I can imagine uh, he is. Uh, but no, excellent stuff. Douglas is here. Doug from the Dugout YouTube channel. Absolutely glorious to have you back, Doug. Um, what do you make of it? Liam's gone Spurs Arsenal. Um, Ryan probably Spurs Arsenal with an outside shot uh, for, uh, for uh, you know, Man United. What do you make of this? Who's going to end up third and fourth? Oh, I was I was on mute there. There we go. Yes, yeah. I, it wasn't just a silence. You weren't. I didn't offend you. Okay. <laughs> um, for me, I think Spurs are going to finish third. Um, I think their signings are amazing. To be honest with you, Perisic um, was a very very good signing. I think Jed Spence is a very very good signing. The Suma, all right. Less said about Richarlison, uh, the better. Longley, I agree with Ryan. I think is um, I think he's going to be a very very good player for. Uh, for Tottenham, and yes, he was patchy at Barcelona, but you know, not 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 every player succeeds at uh, at Barcelona. Uh, and then fourth, I think is a toss up between Chelsea and Arsenal for me. I don't think United are going to be anywhere near the top four, unfortunately. Uh, well, for to be honest, and if I had to call it at the moment because of the Champions League aspect of it, I would say Chelsea because Arsenal and United are both in the Europa League. And that is going to disrupt them, I think, with Thursday, Sunday football. So for me, Spurs third, Chelsea fourth. We are in um, absolute agreement. Excellent stuff. Um, great, uh, great justifications there, Doug. I can't, couldn't agree more if I tried. Um, Alan, are you here? Because you were here with a video, and now your video's disappeared. Yes, he's back. He's back with us. Alan, welcome back to Cop On. Delighted that you're with us. What do you reckon? Do you agree with anyone? Have you got any different answers? Oh, don't forget you're on mute as well. Oh, I think I think we've lost Alan's audio somehow. Have you, have you got the the mic button? Yes. Say hello. Oh, I don't know. He's getting, uh, he's waving at me and pointing. It looks like he's going to sort sort out his microphone. Okay, we'll come back to Alan on that, and we'll move uh, through some of the comments. Absolutely lovely to have sat. Statman Stubbs with us. How are you doing, guys? Very good. Thank you very much. Brené B, uh, talk about the, the Fofana links. And then he adds that uh, Fofana's asking price is 80 to 100 million uh, next year in the transfer window. So great knowledge, uh, Rene B, there. Um, you know, do do let us know where you get that info from. But uh, that sounds very interesting. Thanks for adding that. Uh, great comments there. Gary Richards, uh, he says, one thinks that Chelsea will finish third and Liverpool will be champions. Well, there we go. Um, I like the use of the word one. The third person to refer to oneself is uh, underused, one thinks, in society. Absolutely lovely comment there. And, uh, you know, there, there are plenty of questions to go through. We're going to go through to the next one, um, which is, if I can bring up the list, yes. Uh, I'm going to go in reverse order, starting with Doug, because I think we've lost Alan for now, unfortunately, uh, with technical issues. Doug, who will be the best transfer of the summer wow um i'm actually going to say i'm going to say basuma to spurs i think spurs are needing a midfield um just a midfield powerhouse in that midfield and i just think you look at basuma and you look at hoiberg that's a very good midfield now for tottenham you know they had harry winks they had um it was a hoiberg 
um, as well. But for me, I just think Basuma is such a good, good player for that Spurs midfield. So I would probably say at this moment in time, I would say use Basuma. That's a very interesting answer. Yes, I mean, I wouldn't, I wouldn't, um, I mean, I, w- I was following Eve Basuma's progress at Brighton. He certainly made a lot of it. I mean, off the pitch, we won't get into, you know, all that, those disgusting rumours and things, but uh, no, what a player, absolutely fabulous player. And you're right. Yes, you know, him and uh, Heuberg, very destructive at the base of the midfield for in front of the back three that Ryan was talking about before. Ryan, what about you? Your your best transfer of the summer from any club? So I'm going to be a massive hipster. I'm picking Taiwo Awanyi for Nottingham Forest. I think he's going to buy Ooh. somewhere between 12 and 18 goals this season for them and keep them up. Also, former Liverpool player, couldn't get into the Liverpool squad due to work permit issues, thanks Brexit, um, which is why we didn't get him or why we couldn't keep him. But I... Expect big things from this season. I mean, I mean, you've got a beard, so you're entitled to your hipster views. Uh, this is absolutely, absolutely wonderful. <laughs> yes, and for That's the audience, well. he's he's dancing probably to some kind of London-based obscure indie band. Excellent <sighs> stuff. Well done, Ryan. Um, no, did I? Th- I agree with you, though. You know, he's 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 a he's a big unit. His shoulders are wider than the Mersey. He he looks, looks like he would absolutely terrify a lot of defenders this season. So it's a great shout. It's a great shout, Liam. What about you? The best transfer of the summer from any club? Before I reveal mine, I must say I love Ryan's shout. He's got the archetypal ability to suit to the Premier League, as you've mentioned, not just physically, but the way he drifts in and out of spaces. If it wasn't for him, Union Berlin wouldn't have been as successful and um, being around qualifying for Europe last season. Um, I'm going to go for a somewhat shocking transfer, in my opinion, um, with my, I guess, league and bias. I'm going to go for Bubakar Kamara. Um, at times for Marseille last season, obviously signed for Aston Villa, for those that don't know. Uh, at times for Marseille last season, he was almost doing three roles in one position. Saliba would drift forward from the right centre-back role, then he'd shift back into central and play as a centre-back. He does the patrolling as a six, and his passing ability and ball progression makes him you know, useful as an eight as well. So the fact he can play three roles, and he did those three roles as a six for Marseille, or whether it be as an eight in a midfield two with Guendouzi, um, I think he's a brilliant pickup for Villa. The fact they did it under the radar as well, he almost looked dead cert to go to Atletico Madrid. Um, they would have daily been improved with somebody like him in midfield. Instead, they had to go for somebody like Axel Witzel, which doesn't seem to be a good fit for Atletico. Um, I think Kamara would have been excellent. And I think when you look at probably Villa's midfield next season, when you've got McGinn in there, um, and Jacob Ramsey, maybe Coutinho on the left-sided role. If he is the sole six, I think he could tear up the Premier League next season. So um, he'd be my one to watch out for in terms of incomings and the fact it's a free transfer makes it even better. Beautiful answer. Boobacar Kamara. Look out for the boob, everyone. He's coming at you. Absolutely brilliant. He's, uh, I mean... I mean, I followed him via the stats because I'm that geeky. I'm always looking at players just on stats for leagues that I don't have time to watch. And I don't have time to watch any league matches other than the Paris Saint-Germain ones uh, occasionally. And um, 
It's, uh, I mean, he's he's a very impressive player and on, on so many metrics, Bubakar Camera. And I'll go on to talk about him because he's, he's he features in one of my answers for a future question. But for the best transfer of the summer for me, I'm surprised none of you have gone with any Liverpool players. Um, Rene B says, uh, Holland, which is much less of a hipster shout than Taiwo Awani, but it's a very good shout nonetheless, Rene, because it's uh, entirely possible Holland's going to absolutely rip it all up and uh, 57 million or whatever it was is going to be the bargain that so many have predicted. But for me... Oh, sorry, just a, a great one from uh, Andrew Quinn. He says, um, I'm going to be going for a shock here. I'm going to say Damsgaard for Brentford. He was the best young player for Denmark in the Euros. And I think once his deal is done, he will light up the Premier League. Great shout. Gets the thumbs up from Doug. Uh, absolutely brilliant. Great to have you with us, Andrew Quinn. And uh, yeah, um, so yeah, anyone else in the comments, let me know your your pick. But for me... Again, it's an obvious one. I could have gone with Fabio Carvalho, who I was thinking of as slightly less obvious than Big Darwin, Darwin Nunez, because uh, the stats, I mean, <laughs> uh, I can't remember off the top of my head, but it's something like he's played something like 126 minutes of football for us in the preseason friendlies, including the Community Shield, which, although it's marvellous to win it, especially in the style that we did, it's still a friendly. And he only played 30 minutes of that match, so he's played 126 minutes of friendly football. He scored five goals, and he's had an XG of 4.2. And obviously no one can carry on like that. I mean, he's not Superman. But then something in the back of my mind said, is he? He's not Superman is he? Because he just looks so dangerous and so full of the fire of life. And, you know, he's he looks like the way he ripped his shirt off and celebrated like a loony. I love that. He obviously, he's well into these Reds already. He's well into the idea of being a Red and being the main man. He's got Trent to set him up. He's got Big Mo to set him up, who I'm also going to talk about a bit later. And so for me, the best transfer of the summer is going to be, um, I mean, it's an easy one to, for me to say, but it's Darwin. Darwin, Starwin, as Gary Richards christened him, and he just says, correct choice, Owen. Okay, thanks, Gary. Great to have you with us. Uh, it's a game of opinions. We're welcome to all of our opinions. And moving on from the best transfer of the summer, I'm going to go to you first, Ryan, on this one. Um, it's going to be, hang on, from the instead of the best, it's going to be the worst, the worst transfer of the summer. Okay, so I have two picks for this. So feel free to stop me after the first one. But I think you, can say all... you can say two. If they're two okay. equal ones, no problem. They're not, but they are context-dependent. So the first one is Kalidou Koulibaly, who I think, fantastic defender. Sure, all that praise. Fine. But coming into a side with an aging Cesaros Piliqueta and uh, Thiago Silva, who is in the autumn of his career, um, that's not a recipe for success. That is a recipe for getting roasted by every pacey striker in the league. Um, and he's going to have to do a lot of digging out of his of his defensive partners. And I'm not convinced that he can do that in the Premiership, Premiership in the Premier League on a weekly basis. Now, if Celtic go and buy a centre-back with pace, i.e. a Wesley Fofana, then I will change my mind and I will pick Dwight McNeil because, quite frankly, he's shite. Like, I have as many shite goals McNeil. and assists... 
excuse me, shite McNeil, exceptional pun work. But he's got as many goals and assists as I have in the last year in the Prem. And that, <laughs> uh, how how is he worth 20 mil, 21? It makes no sense to me. Uh, he, he's yet another, oh, he's somewhere between attacking midfield and a forward. Let's buy him. Like Gilfie Sigurdsson, like Alex Awobi, like Yannick Balassi, like insert any name you want. Like Everton are chock full of shit players. And he's just another one that they've spent. Deli Ali as well, another one. Uh, he's another one that they've spent money on and isn't going to provide enough end product for them. So, yeah, he's me the pick. I mean, that's a, that's a, it's a beautiful answer. He was one of my two as well, Dwight McNeil or Shite McNeil, as he's just been christened. But it, to correct you a little bit, and I hate correcting people, um, but he did get one assist in the Premier League in 35 starts plus three substitute appearances so i mean it's basically the same as none unless you 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 also got one assist in the premier league last season maybe ryan turning out for one of the hipster clubs then uh maybe uh but uh, well, you didn't spot uh, him um, playing for brentford <laughs> yeah exactly exactly yeah uh getting the assist from the goalie position uh very nice um so the, yes okay well, dwight mcneil or koulibaly very interesting answer liam what do you reckon the worst transfer of the summer andreas Pereira. Fallen. It, it just screams a complete waste of money. The guy scored like eight career goals, yet have paid the best part of £10 million for him. And he is the guy that they've signed to replace Fabio Cavallo. It, it's mind boggling. It's completely mind boggling. I rate some of their other business. I think Mbabu was good in terms of the fact he feels a homegrown quarter. He knows English football from when he came through at Newcastle. Polina's a great ball progressor. He'll be good in the eight role, but Andres Pereira is signing worst signing of the season already. I'll call it now. I'd be shocked if he gets more than one goal and one assist. It, it, it just screams horrific, completely horrific. I can't believe it because I don't. I don't follow every single club's transfer business, but I've got the list in front of me. They they've bought Bert Leno for some reason as well for eight million. Um, João Palinha who looks actually a very good talent for 20 million from Sporting Lisbon. But you're absolutely right, Liam. They, they spent 10 million on Andreas Pereira. I'm shocked. Why the hell would they do that? I mean, it's not as if he looks like a championship player. He looks like a, a League One janitor. Um, Douglas, what do you reckon? Worst transfer of the summer? I mean, that, 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 that shout for uh, Pereira is just incredible. He's like the um, pre-season Perlo. Man United fans are calling him the pre-season Perlo. <laughs> He's absolutely <laughs> awful. Um, for me, there's only two options for me, and that's Richarlison or Dwight McNeil. Because I have to say, Richarlison, I mean, what, is it £60 million? And like Everton are now paying... Like yes, like this old Nana. Like I don't know if that's a good signing or not. Um, they're they're getting reduced again. To be fair, Everton's transfer business this summer is baffling at best. They're supposed to be going forward, and yet they're getting reduced again again back. That's going backwards. So the fact that they're they, they've signed Dwight McNeil, who let's be honest, had an absolutely woeful season at Burnley. They've signed James Tarkowski on a free. That, that's not a bad signing. James Tarkowski is a very good Premier League defender. But, yeah, Spurs spending £60 million on Richarlison. What? What What? What? What was that? And, um, yeah, for me, Shite McNeil, as, uh, as Ryan says. So, yeah, for me, Richarlison or Shite McNeil. But if I had to pick one, I'm going to go Shite McNeil because it's the Ev. 
<laughs> Can I jump in on Dwight McNeil? I think he's getting unnecessary criticism. Oh, go on! I like to hear the other other side, war. the other side of the coin. Go on. He was abs- They were absolutely woeful last season. He's feeding chance of Valvegos was a decent side, and I'll give Billy that. But Ashley Barnes, I mean, Ashley Barnes going to hit a cow's ass with a banjo. Let's be honest. It, in some hindsight, yeah, he didn't come up with the goals. He's a bit more of a your archetypal winger, get the ball to the byline and cross it in. But I think with the way that Everton are going to play this season, the fact they need to sign English players, um, I think he'll be a decent signing. 20 million is probably a push, but, you know, he's still young. He can improve. Um, maybe it were a bad season last year, but I don't know. I think Shine McNeil is extremely harsh. <laughs> it's funny, though. Uh, but OK, no, very good. Uh, very good. Uh, very well defended. Uh, although I do have to correct you. It's not that Ashley Barnes couldn't hit um, the cow's ass with a banjo because I've just Googled um, the Guinness Book of World Records has crowned the Stalic Pipe Organ the world's largest instrument. So he couldn't hit a cow's ass with a stalic pipe <laughs> organ. Okay, uh, let's move on. Oh, yeah, my worst transfer of the summer. Again, I'm in absolute accord with uh, Doug Douglas because I, I wrote down uh, Richarlison and Dwight McNeil for exactly the same reasons as Doug was saying, because Richarlison not worth that much. And Dwight McNeil, uh, I also disagree with you. Sorry, Liam, that, uh, yeah, he's, he's, he's not. I mean, it's, I mean, okay, your team is bad, but it doesn't mean you have to be bad. I mean, Mitrovic, for example, got 11 goals for Fulham the last time they were in the Premier League. And that's a very decent return in a very bad team. Oh. So, uh, Go on. Sorry, I'm just going to correct you here. He got three the last time he was in the Premier League. The time before that, he got 11. Oh, thank you very much. It's good to be corrected. Thank you very much. Bingo. Excellent. Thank you very much. Um, okay, let's move on. Um, so we get the next uh, one is... Oh, yeah, uh, Gary Rich is in the chat. Sorry, I keep forgetting to go to the chat. Thank you very much, guys. Um, uh, Gary Richards says Richarlison will be the worst signing this season. Um, Rene B's carrying on with the, the transfer news, which is very interesting. He said, if Yuri goes to Arsenal for 25, for 25 to 30 million, Yuri Tielemans, that is, his replacement will be our. Mm, maybe, maybe interesting stuff. Um, and uh, OK, well, let's move on. Let's move on. Yes, because the next thing, the next topic, we've got so much to get through. Uh, unfortunately, we won't have enough time to, to do all of it. Uh, I suppose I don't know. We'll go. We'll see. See how far we go. The surprise success of the year for a team. Okay, I'm going to take this one first, and it's Aston Villa um, because uh, Liam was saying before just how brilliant uh, Bubakar Camera was last year in Liga and actually the year before um, and throughout his his young career, he's been absolutely superb for Marseille. Well, he was absolutely superb for Marseille. So I think he's going to make a big impact. Um, I do think that uh, Leon Bailey, who's been banging them in in pre-season, will add to their upfront options. Their upfront options are very good. They're not reliant on Danny Ings because he's going to get injured, uh, or Ollie Watkins, who could be inconsistent. But they've got lots and lots of players who can come in and out of that team. Buendia, Coutinho, uh, the midfield looks a lot stronger. And I just think that, you know, maybe it's wishful thinking because I do wish uh, Stevie well, but the surprise success team of the year for me will be Aston Villa because not enough people are talking about them um I'm gonna go to Doug first for this one your surprise success team of the year I think Villa is a great shirt 
Um, I think now that Stevie's been backed, especially with some of the signings that they're making, I think they're a, a definite shout. But for me, I think there's probably only one team for me, and I think that's Newcastle. I think Newcastle are going to have a very, very good season. I think as well that Nick Pope is an underrated signing for me. Um, you know, the fact that nobody else seemed to go in for Nick Pope, who, let's be honest, has had amazing games against us in the past. And you know the fact that nobody went in for him. Like I'm, like I'm looking at like I'm looking at, like Everton at this run. Like why didn't they go for Nick Pope when they went? You know when they went for like Tarkowski and obviously you know uh, McNeil. Um, and Botman's a very very good signing um, as well. They have brought Target as well. Yes, they haven't got a striker, but I think if you keep Callum Wilson fit, if you keep Bruno Grimaldi fit, wonderful player. If you keep Alan Maximan fit. I think Newcastle win him for a very, very good season. And obviously, you know, Eddie Howe has signed a, a new contract um, as well. But I think Newcastle are going to be a bit of a danger next season. I don't think they're quite good enough to get into the European places. I think they may just miss out. But for me, I think they're going to have a very, very good season. Excellent answer. Well uh, argued as well. Uh, Nick Pope's uh, save percentage last season was 73.6% of all shots against him, which is um, more or less exactly the same as Edouard Mendy. It's about 4% more than David De Gea. Uh, and he's up there with the, with the top. I don't know. I can't remember exactly what the, the top ones were. Around about 75, 77% was Jose Sarr, Alisson and Edison were about 75 each in the Premier League. Um, but uh, yeah, so he, he's up there with, uh, you know, the best in terms of, you know, uh, saving shots, the best goalies in the league statistically. Um, Ryan, what about you? Either of those teams or someone different for your surprise success of the year? Uh, someone a little bit different. And again, it's a bit of a hipster choice, but I'm picking Brighton uh, to be a surprise success. Um, I think... When you talk about success, it's very much context-dependent. So, you know, for Newcastle, I think you're looking at a top-half finish. And I think a lot of people wouldn't be surprised if they finished eighth. But I think for Brighton to finish eighth would be more of a surprise. Um, I think for a while now, they've been playing pretty football. They've been really good in the middle of the park, but a bit weak in both boxes. And I think... I'm not entirely sure who will replace Kukurea should he go. But they've brought in a couple of forwards this season. I cannot remember them for the life of me. I'm having a bit of a brain fart on them. Umdav is think... one of them. Umdav, the striker from uh, Union Saint-Gilles. Yes. Uh, I, I can see them scoring more goals than we've seen them score in previous seasons. Uh, so Dark Horse, or like a conference league place maybe, but certainly top half I reckon. That's very interesting answer. You don't think they're going to miss Kukurea and Eve Bissouma too much then Ryan? Um, no. Bissouma missed a fair chunk of football last season I think um, and they, they seemed fine without him. They've got a really good system uh, going under Potter and I think similarly to us it's more about the system than individual players over at Brighton um, and they've lost players before and replaced them um, I think they'll be just fine. If anything, kind of adds to the surprise element of them that people will be expecting less of them due to the players that they've lost. 
Very good point. Very good point. And you're absolutely right in terms of Bissouma. I've got his stats from last season. He he played only 26 of the 38 games. So he missed about a third of the season last season for Bissouma. So, yeah, and they did very well without him. You're absolutely right. Liam, what about you? Your, your dark horses for this year, the surprise success of the year. I was going to go for Aston Villa for the same reasons I mentioned earlier. Um, Newcastle, I can agree with as well. I think Bruno Guimaraes is absolutely incredible. He's a world-class midfielder. The fact he's playing for Newcastle is is a game-changer. But I'm going to go for Crystal Palace. Um, I know the thing seems to be a decent squad that Vieira's building. I was kind of unsure of him as a manager after his time in Nice. It was very topsy-turvy, up and down. One season was really good. The other pretty much well below average for when he should be in league. Um, I think Czech Decore is a really good signing. He's young. He'll develop, but especially alongside Seco Fafana for Lons, who's very much an advanced midfielder who likes to drift into channels, shoot from distance. He's one of the top scorers, scoring midfielders in Europe from last season. Um, he really did that, I guess, sentinel role really well, dictating tempo, coming up with their defensive contributions. Um, so I think he could be good for Palace. I think MacArthur's been a really good statesman for them, but I think having someone like Decore to come in and replace him and kind of take that mantle could be a game changer. Um, they're stacked in forward areas, Elise, Eze back from his injury. Um, Zaha, been rumours about him leaving but I think he'll stay this season um, Edouard, Mateta, I mean even players like Benteke, they're not going to set the world alight but you know they're experienced Premier League players who can make impact from the bench, I really like the centre-back pairing as well with Anderson um, and Gwehi another season for them two together should see them improve, I'm not going to say they'll qualify for European football. I could possibly see Aston Villa doing that for the reasons you explained earlier, but I would see them being a comfortable top 10 team and possibly next season they could push for European places. You see, I agree with everything you're saying, but for one reason that you haven't mentioned, and this is a smooth link in case you were wondering, into the next category, which is the surprise failure of the year team, my choice is Crystal Palace. Because a lot of people are thinking similarly to you, Liam, in that they they are indeed stacked. But I think they're judging, for example, players like Eze on two years ago. The Eze of two years ago, but pre-injury. But after the injury, I saw him come back. And yes, he came back. And there's still a player there. He's still an extremely talented footballer. But he's lost the zip. He's lost the zip and, and it, he might get it back after, you know, he might shake that rustiness off or at least clean it off with some kind of chemical. And, um, you know, he, he, he might come good. But I think the big, the main man the, was, was Conor Gallagher for them last season. Every time I saw Crystal Palace, although they had lots of, you know, Elise was fabulous. Um, uh, Tyrick Mitchell, is that his name? Their, their fullback, their young fullback, absolutely superb player as well. But Gallagher was the one who was, uh, you know, the, the kind of loony of the team. He was he was like a sort of, you know, I don't know how much Weetabix he eats or how much Coca-Cola he drinks, or but he was zipping around uh, like, a, like a man on a sort of Weetabix high in every match and he was dominating games time and time again so i think they're going to miss conor gallagher too much and this is why i think they will struggle and 
I don't want them to struggle. Um, you know, uh, I, I, I like Crystal Palace fans. I really love them as a club. I think they have great songs. They generate a great atmosphere. I hope Patrick Vieira does well as a manager for many reasons. But I just see them missing Conor Gallagher so much that they're my pick for surprise failure of the year. Uh, what about you, Ryan? Where, where are you going with that? The surprise failure of the year, the team. So... I'm going to pick Southampton. I think they're in deep trouble. Um, I think Livramento was probably their best player last season. If it wasn't him, it was Broja. Um, both of those are not going to be available because one's gone back to his parent club and the other one is sidelined with a serious injury for the foreseeable future. They've signed a bunch of kids and I'm sure have all the talent in the world uh, and very high ceilings, but they're not at those ceilings right now and the Premier League is a very unforgiving place um, I think their end of season form last season was poor um, now there were a couple of other shouts in there which I'm going to leave to the rest of the lads to, to pick up on for their surprise shoutouts of the year but mine Southampton it's an absolutely superb answer I'm just bringing up the form table for the end of last season and uh, yes yeah, Southampton uh, 18th in the table from their last nine games they won one drew two and lost six and I think that might have been like four or five in a row in there. And, and yeah, it's a great shout for the surprise failure of the year. Where do you stand on it, Doug? I 100% agree with Ryan. I was My pick was Southampton as well. Um, I think that they are a striker less. Like Shane Long's gone. There's talk of uh, Forrest of Watt and Shea Adams as well, which is very, very interesting. If, they, if he goes, then they're left with Walt Walcott. I'm, I'm not sure about Southampton. Look, Gavin Bizzano is a very good signing for them. I think he's a very, very good signing. He is one of the you know the best you know Irish goalkeepers out there. Um, Joe Rebo played well at Rangers, but for me, he doesn't suit a Hasenhutl style of play. And I think some point this season, I think Hasenhutl either walks or he'll be sacked. Because I think... Southampton's owners are a little bit, maybe not the owners, maybe it's the fans. I think they're getting a little bit fed up with Hasenhutl. Um, and I think if a big job comes around, I think he'll be away. So, yeah, for me, my fail, my surprise failure is definitely Southampton. Great stuff. Uh, Rene in the chat, he says, goodbye, take care of yourself. Thanks very much for joining us, Rene. Um, great stuff. Gary Richards in the chat, he says, um, one can see, he's still, he's persisting with referring to himself as one, and I thoroughly appreciate that, Gary. He says, one can see Newcastle beating both Man United and Arsenal. Um, one can see that, uh, so, but he's going for his dark horses, Nottingham Forest. And uh, what's the opposite of dark horses? Dark seahorses uh, being the uh, surprise um failure uh he's going for manchester united reason being ted ten hagendaz has never uh man man maneuvered or man ev does that some kind of splicing of man united and everton he has never man evved in the league before oh no i think he's managed uh he's never managed in the league before absolutely ericsson will not be remotely enough oh yeah interesting stuff gary yeah absolutely so he doesn't rate 10 hag they're going to be a, a big failure again liam what about you who do you think's which team is gonna you know what's the word failed you know drop flop that's the word i was looking for i've kind of got two here um 
I think Leicester are on a downward spiral. I think Rodgers will either be the first to be sacked or walk off his own accord. Um, I think they're probably going to lose for Farner. I don't think they're going to be able to turn down 80 million because that's the sort of club they are. Um, you know, buy, sell, buy and sell, recruit well, sell for a profit. They would be doing that with Fafana despite spending 35 million on him when he was only 18. Um, especially after, you know, an injury, who knows whether that thing won't recur again um, at such a young age where he's still developing. Um, Madison could leave as well. Um, I don't know, just the fact they've not signed anyone. Rogers went into this window saying he wanted six new players. They've got nobody. Um, Vardy's knocking on. He still seems to defy expectations, but I don't think he's got the legs to continue playing 30 games a season. Um, they're relying a lot on Daka to really find his feet in the Premier League. I think he's capable of that, but whether it's enough to you know push for European places, which is what Leicester should be doing, a club of their recent success should be challenging to break into top seven, possibly top six. You know, it's only two seasons ago we're talking about them finishing the top four ahead of one of us or Chelsea. Um, so, yeah, I think it'll be Leicester. And then I'm not convinced on Nottingham Forest. I think whilst Awuni is a good signing, Lingard would be a good signing. Um, I'm struggling to think of others. O'Brien and Toffolo from Huddersfield seem like good signings. Nico well. Williams. Nico, Williams. Nico as well, yeah. Nico Individually, Chico's. they've signed some good players. But when you're going into a window signing what looks like could be 15 players by the end of it because they're still in the market trying to sign players. The latest one being Remo Froiler from uh, Atlanta, who was a good midfielder. Uh, but getting all those to gel in one transfer window feels like a massive ask. And they've got to hit the ground running, uh, which I don't see them doing. So I think Forrest will go down. I fancy Fulham or Bournemouth's chances. Bournemouth haven't strengthened, but with the money they spent in the championship um, and, you know, Solanke being a much more complete player than when he was back in the Premier League playing for us, um, I feel like they've got a better chance of staying up because they've not taken the QPR effect to it where they've just signed a load of players. I expect them all to come good and I don't think they will. So probably more Nottingham than Leicester. If Leicester managed to keep all of the prized assets, they'll probably be okay. But I don't see Nottingham Forest staying up like many people. Beautiful answer. Very soundly argued. Thank you very much, Liam. Um, okay, the, the next one is the Golden Boot winner. Um, I'm just going to come up straight out with it for obvious reasons. Mo Salah. There you go. That's my answer. Um, you can imagine why. Uh, Douglas, what about you? Golden boot winner? 100% agree with you, Mo Salah. I think everyone is talking about Holland. Everyone's talking about Nunes. But for me, Mo Salah, new contract. He is a man on a mission this season. I think he's going to get his fifth golden boot. Oh. He's such a beauty. He's such a beauty to watch with the pressure off Ryan. The, the no, no more media speculation. That's, you know, gone with the wind escaping from someone's fart in a cathedral. Um, it's uh, yeah, Mo for you as well, Ryan. I'd just like to apologise before I say what I'm about to say. I don't think uh -oh. it will. I think we're about to see a difficult season for Mo. I think Part of the reason for his downturn in goal score in, in goal scoring output was because of uh, the fatigue that he built up. You know, going away to Afcon, 
playing 120 minutes, three games on the bounce, playing pretty much every minute he could for Liverpool on his way back, constantly tired, all of that. Sure. I think the other reason he doesn't score as many is because Mane's in the middle. Because it worked really well for us. We're all made up with it. But I think it, he didn't play the, the role the way Firmino would. Or even the way Jota did. They're all different in their own right. I think Nunes does more of what Mane does than what Firmino does in the nine position. And if Nunes starts every game, Salah's going to struggle to have the same impact that he's had. Now, having said all of that, I hope I'm wrong. Uh, but if I'm not wrong then the top scorer will be Haaland because he's going to score at least 20 goals because he is. Not 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 Harry Kane, Ryan? No, no, not Harry Kane. Harry Kane's weird, okay. though. He's got too big a tongue and a weird <laughs> hairline. Looks like yeah. a uh, But <laughs> Son's a bigger goal threat as proven by last season. But no. Haaland. I think it's, yeah, super, super, super answer. Super answer indeed. Uh, what about you, Liam? Golden boot winner? I'm going to go for a Charleston. Well, no, I'm only joking. Um, <laughs> yeah, me. Um, I, can't, I can't see him not doing the same. I kind of um, accept some of what Ryan said, that possibly Nunez's style may conflict a little bit with him, but I think we saw the other side of his game that he can create a lot more as well. He can do that as well. You know, He was the top playmaker last season. But I just think with penalties... The way that he drifts in and out on that right side, I just can't see him not being the top scorer in the Premier League next season. It, it almost feels inevitable at this point. But Haaland, for me, I'm not so sure that he'll hit the 20 goal mark. He, he'll spend 25% of the season out injured. Um, I think we saw it against us in the Community Shield a little bit. Some of his play was nice, but he's going to have to learn to play a different way. All City are going to have to learn to play a different way to get the best out of him. Um, it's very much power play in behind, in defenders' faces, um, which, you know, we saw some of against us. But then again, I don't know whether it's something in his head, but that miss in stoppage time was absolutely catastrophic. Um, I don't know. I think it might take him a couple of months to find his feet. He's got the advantage of not going to the World Cup, though, although you can say the same thing about Mo. Holland reminds me of, if you want to feed sharks, um, you get a bucket of chum which is like the fish and guts of various things. And uh, it's very bloody and it's full of this like weird meat. You fill a bucket with chum and you chunk it over the side of a boat. That bucket of chum reminds me of Erling Haaland and I'm not quite sure why. Uh, let's move on. The most assists in the Premier League. Um, I've been umming and ahhing, toing and froing all day. Mo or Trent? Mo or Trent? I go for Mo as the Golden Boot winner because I think he will get twenty-six goals. I think Darwin Nunes will get twenty-four goals, and I think Trent and Mo will be the main ones setting him up. With you know honourable mentions to Andy Robbo, of course, of course. Uh, but I'm going to say that yeah, why not? Trent is going to edge out. Uh, Mo Salah and Andy Robertson and I do think it will be a Liverpool 1-2-3 for assists because I'm absolutely biased I'm absolutely optimistic I'm absolutely buzzing for the new season and Doug will you argue against me? Um, I, I, I'm, just, I'm just taken aback by the, uh, the Ben Teke news he's gone to DSC United is playing their Wayne Rooney oh donkey um, wow I have to say as well that I 
hundred percent agree with what you were saying about obviously Trent. Um, I think it's his season. I think it's either. I actually think it's going to be Trent or Robbo to get the the most assists. I'm going to go. I'm going to bank my Scottish captain Andy Robertson. Beautiful, beautiful. It gets a it gets a, a muted uh, as in that his microphone's muted, but a round of applause, an enthusiastic round of applause from Ryan. And I'm just going to give you a metaphorical one because I've got a cup of tea in my hand. Uh, so I, I, I think it's a beautiful answer. Yeah, you've got to go with your Scottish captain, Andy Robbo, because I don't think we talk about him enough on Copon. He's just, um, he's he's a beauty, isn't he? Like, you know, these new pictures from the James Webb telescope and people around the world have been astounded by the beauty of deep space and all the mysteries that it brings up. Perhaps the, in, the universe is indeed infinite instead of having come from a any kind of big bang um that sense of wonder and awe is something i get from andy roberts and so i mean do you feel the same doug about uh, your scotland captain yeah scottish braveheart is what we uh, what we like to call him down here um yes. and he's a very very good scottish captain um uh, as well and yeah i just I, I just think a lot of people are looking at trent i think they're looking at salah but robo robo and trent are like the two big ones for assists every season. So I'm going to bag Robo. I'm going to bag Robo. Excellent stuff. The dream weavers on the wings. Uh, what do you reckon, Liam? Most assists this season in the Premier League? I'm going to destroy the Liverpool fear and I'm going to say Kevin De Bruyne gets it. Um, KDD, injury-free! I may contradict myself with the Haaland stuff, but even Alvarez, he looks a little player. The fact you've got him delivering balls to those quality of strikers. I think it's a match made in heaven somewhat. Um, you know, he can score goals as well. And it all depends on if Bernardo Silva leaves, but he arrives in the box as a goal threat, as does Ford and as does Mahrez. Um, I think he's key to everything. Everything at City seems to go through De Bruyne and he's probably the best midfielder in the world. So I think he's an obvious answer for next season if he stays injury-free, as you've just mentioned. Um, I'd like to say Robertson will be up there, but I'm not so sure. Um, I think Diaz will be a bit more of a creator for us this season down that left-hand side. Um, I could see Diaz being up there as well, but I'll stick with De Bruyne. Excellent answer. Excellent answer. I mean, let's uh, beautifully, beautifully argued again, um, but you're a bit of a traitor for not picking a Liverpool player. No, I'm only kidding. No, pick whoever you like. Um, I sent this... Uh, list of questions to our whatsapp group earlier and uh, darren wilde pointed out that i uh, there was a glaring omission so thank you very much for this topic from darren he asks um who's going to be the first manager sacked and why ryan is it going to be fat frank won't be fat frank because fat frank's going to uh, walk under his own steam save his image um, he's going to cite something about broken promises and just get off. Uh, probably about <laughs> 24 hours before the end of the window. Um, <laughs> and that way he can go and get another Prem job in six months. Do you think he's or that intelligent, months. though? Because that would be an intelligent thing I to think do he's, in the I think he's that self-serving. And that, okay. that'll do okay. um, if I can just really quickly come back to the previous question, because I didn't answer it and I want him. Um, oh, excuse me. I was I'm say, terribly sorry. Yeah, go yeah, no worries. So I was going to say KDB, so I'm glad that Liam picked that up for me because I didn't want to be a traitor twice on the bounce. And now um, I get to bang the, hit the drum for my local hero in the same way that Doug did uh, and pick Trent because I think having uh, Nunes there 
uh, that, that extra striking option for us, a little bit more uh, physicality, a little bit more verticality in the box, will just be music to Trent's ears. He, he's got all of the, the strings in his bow, um, and now he has someone in the box that can get on the end of a high cross, where Firmino, Mane, Salah couldn't. To an extent, Jota could, but I think to a greater extent, Firmino's will. And yeah, to answer the, the question that was actually asked of me, Frank will walk uh, before the end of the window, I think. Excellent. And so who's going to be the first manager sat to go in with uh, oh. Southampton's manager, Ralph? Club of the end? No, I don't think they'll sack him. Um, it's a toughie. Oh, Scott Parker. I... Yeah, Scott Parker's getting Scott sacked. Scott Parker, okay. Yeah, okay. because he's Interesting. A very succinct answer. Scott Parker, because he's shite, I like it a lot. He's just so damn bland. That's what it is. Yes, yes, he is bland. He's blander than, you know, a pair of beige flannels, isn't he? He's, he's, uh, yeah, absolutely. Okay, uh, well, no, it's a great answer. Absolutely. Um, What do you reckon? Uh, Will it be... Bournemouth, Scott Parker. Who who do you think, uh, Liam? What do you reckon the first manager sacked? I agree with Darren. It's going to be Fat Frank. Where where do you stand on it? I think I touched on it earlier. Whether he walks or is sacked, I'd go for Brendan Rodgers. Um, I'm just not convinced that yes, Leicester are going to. It just feels like everything's gone off a little bit to an extent. Uh, based on the fact I'm convinced he might walk, I could see it being Marco Silva as well. Um, I don't know. It, it just he just feels like that sort of manager who would be sacked within the first six games. Fulham seem like that sort of club as well. They're most similar to Watford because if it was Watford, if Watford were in the Premier League, I'm pretty certain we would be saying <laughs> Watford's manager. Yeah, I wouldn't uh, be asking this question if Watford were uh, still in the league. Yeah, I'm not. I, I think um, I think Everton will be okay this season. I'm not sure about yeah. Frank being sacked. I think he's got too much of a buy-in with the fans because the fans absolutely hate the owners. So um, I think he'll be okay. Excellent answer. Uh, very good. Thank you very much. Doug, where do you stand on it? First manager sacked? Um, I mean, Marco Silva is a fantastic shout um, because he has a 30% win rate in the Premier League with Watford, Hull and Everton. Um, so he's not a very good manager for the, the Premier League. I'm going to go for someone big. I'm going to go Thomas Tuchel. I reckon, if Chelsea, I reckon if Chelsea start really badly, I reckon Thomas Tuchel might walk. Because I'm actually... Th- if you think about it, look at the players he signed. Koulibaly, Sterling, Kukurea. Are these Thomas Tuchel signings? I'm not convinced. I think they might be Todd Bowley signings. So I think... If Thomas Tuchel doesn't get what he wants, I reckon he either walks or he gets sacked. I think Thomas Tuchel. It's a really, really good answer. Um, uh, Bowley um, it reminds me of L. Bowley, his name, B-O-W-L-L-Y, who was a, a singer from the 1930s and 40s. Uh, not, many, not many people know him, but uh, great singer. Check him out. L. Bowley. Hang out the stars in Indiana. One of my favourite songs. Um, let's move on. Uh, the next one, who's going to get relegated? I, I'm not going to ask for your reasons why, because it's because they're shite. Um, the relegation chances, according to the bookies, uh, Bournemouth, top of, top, of the, top of the list, 45% chance 
um, of going down. Then Nottingham Forest, 44% chance. And Fulham are also around about 44%, 43.83% chances. Followed by Southampton, Brentford, Leeds United, Everton, Wolves, Crystal Palace on 13.61%. And Brighton even make that list 7.46%, according to the bookies. Ryan, what do you reckon? Who's going down? Bournemouth, um, Southampton, I think the third one's Brentford. Another team that struggled second half of the season. Uh, we're in free fall until they got Ericsson, lost Ericsson. Not sure Damsgaard replaces everything that he had. Not sure Damsgaard makes them good enough to stay in the league. I think they got one. Excellent, excellent answer. So yeah, you two um, quickly, uh, if you don't mind, uh, the the other two guests. I'll go. I'll go to Douglas first. Who's going down? Bournemouth, Fulham, Southampton. Can't get much quicker than that. Bournemouth, Fulham, Southampton. Liam, what about you? I'm gonna go the three newly promoted clubs. It's a bit boring, but I'm gonna say Fulham and Bournemouth aren't strong enough and Nottingham Forest aren't going to get the place to gel together quickly enough to uh, push up for a title, not a title, a relegation scrap. So, yeah, I'm going to say the three newly promoted clubs, but I could easily see Southampton or possibly Brentford being pulled into it as well. Excellent stuff. I mean, I, I know I'm biased, but I've gone with the Ev, uh, with Fulham and Bournemouth. I think Forest, they will gel just enough. They'll, they'll be about... Uh, you know, 17th, they'll hover above it. I think they'll be well, maybe even higher than 17th. But Bullham, Bullham, excuse me, Bournemouth, Fulham and Everton uh, are my are my choices. Uh, now, we've got three more categories uh, very quickly to do. So the most improved Liverpool player is the first one. And I'm going to go throughout the season, a bit of an obvious one, but I'm going to go Harvey Elliott. I was umming and ahhing between Harvey Elliott and um, and uh, Fabio Carvalho, because I think they're both going to make, you know, giant strides, moon-like strides this season. They're going to go miles and miles. It's um, really exciting to see all these all the possibilities. It could be Curtis Jones. It could be even Trent Alexander-Arnold, even though he's already sublime. He could go to the ridiculous. What do you reckon, Liam? Uh, the most improved Liverpool player this season? I feel like I say it every season, but I'm going to say Naby Keita. Um, I still Ooh. think there's a player in there that we've not unlocked. Um, I think his responsibility in midfield this season is going to be more than it ever has been, to be honest. Um, I think Klopp, as much as he loves Henderson, um, there's a bit more of a in reliance on him than there has been in the past. I think week in, week out, Henderson would have been one of the first names on the team sheet. Um, I think Naby's got a bit more of a claim for it. I think Thiago and Fabinho, if they're fit, they're guaranteed to start. Um, but I can see Elliot and Kate pushing for that a bit more. I can probably see it being Naby Kate. I think he's got he's got the ability in games where we struggle to cut defenders open or to pop up with a goal. I'm thinking. I think it was Newcastle. Um, he scored the opening goal, and it was the only goal of the game. Um, he can be that sort of player. He did it a lot at Leipzig. So, yeah, I'm going to go for Keita. It probably won't happen, but I'm a bit deluded and I love him. So, yeah, not <laughs> No, you're welcome to it. Me too. I think it's a beautiful shout. I think he's going to team up with Darwin as well. You know, a pacey guy who just runs down the middle. Um, Naby's going to find him time and time again. That's absolutely brilliant answer. Uh, Ryan, what about you? The most li improved Liverpool player this season is going to be? Oh. 
I don't know what what you're pressing, Ryan. You're 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 um you're you're flipping around. You're flipping around like a like an ice skater, like a figure skater. And I think your mic is muted. I can't seem to hear you. Um, I'll go to Doug for the moment, and you can maybe come out of the call and come back. Doug, what about you, the most improved Liverpool player? Harvey Elliott. I think his season was um, cut short to due to injury last season. And I just think this season, I think he's, a, again, a man on the mission. And I think he'll have a good season. So, yeah, I'm going to go Harvey Elliott. Um, probably followed by Carvalho. Because I think Carvalho will get a lot of games. And I think he'll surprise a hell of a lot of people. It's so much to look forward to, absolutely. What about you, Ryan? Is your mic back? It is. Sorry. Uh, yes, Joe Gomez is my answer. Most improved from last season will be Ooh. Joe Gomez. He's going to be back to his 2019 best. And Liverpool are going to win all of the things. Uh, if all it's the not shiny the things? All the shiny things. Oh, man. That would be the greatest season ever. Absolutely lovely. I love that. I love the optimism. And why not? Cheers. Um, the penultimate... Sorry. Sorry? Okay. Um, the, the penultimate um, uh, uh, topic for today, before we uh, warm up, we're about 45 minutes from kickoff, the big kickoff of the season, and it's uh, the, the Premier League's biggest idiot. Now, today, Martin Tyler this morning uh, said some absolutely despicable comments, um, for which he's since apologised, which is a classic PR trick, whether he means it or not, is for you to decide. Um, I know my opinion. Um, but he had actually, uh, you know, compared, he seemed to compare, um, you know, Hillsborough, he said Hillsborough and other uh, hooligan-related um, events or something similar. So he seemed to compare um, Hillsborough to, uh, as, as a a hooligan-related event, which he has since apologised for, which is a good thing to do, PR stunt or not. Um, he's distanced himself from his own comments. Um, but when we so when we mention the Premier League's biggest idiot, I mean Martin Tyler. I mean he he already held the crown before today, arguably. Uh, but by the end of the season, if we're not too sullied by today's idiocy, um, you know, extreme. Uh, by by Martin Tyler, um, then I don't know um, who else who else could it be apart from him? Uh, the Premier League's biggest idiot. I mean, we are you know in a league with uh, you know characters like uh, Mikel Arteta playing "You'll Never Walk Alone" on uh, the training pitch, uh, which is hilarious. Uh, you know, it's good idea, Mikel. I know what I'm going to do tomorrow in training, lads. What's that, Mikel? I'm going to play You'll Never Walk Alone. What? The Liverpool anthem, Mikel? Yes, the Liverpool anthem. Why, Mikel? Because it will be inspirational. I don't know who, who he spoke to about that, what was going through his strange little mind with his Lego man haircut over it. Um, Doug, uh, who was the Premier League's biggest idiot? Is it just Martin Tyler? Or should we just go with that? I have two words. Mike Dean. Head of VAR. Oh, bloody help us. <laughs> We've got it all to look forward to, haven't we? Oh, I'm, I'm dreading it already. Absolutely. Liam, what about you? The Premier League's biggest fool. I'll just say, yeah, I agree with you on that entirely. You can't get away with being arguably the face of the Premier League with, you know, all, all these adverts on Sky this and it's live bollocks. 
and saying stuff like that, it's it's just not acceptable. And he, of all people, should know better. Um, but if I'm going to take the question real, you know, give you a proper answer, I'm going to say Todd Bowley from Chelsea. I just think the way he's going about this transfer window, I appreciate that they weren't able to really offer Christiansen and Rudiger contracts because of everything that was going on with Abramovich, extenuating circumstances apart. That's fair enough. But this transfer window, being so public, getting rid of what is quite a competent uh, board of directors and recruitment team in Marina Granovskaya and thinking you can do it yourself just feels like a pretty big mistake. And I think it could see them miss out on top four. And based on that, um, Doug Shout might not be a bad one in terms of Tuchel being sacked. Um, you know, if we're going towards Christmas and they're not up there because of what would be pretty. Um, obvious in a catastrophic window, um, he could be a candidate for that. So I'm going to say Todd Bowley, but I I um, echo everything you've said about Martin Tyler, a complete knobhead. Yeah, complete knobhead, absolute fool. Yeah, completely great answer, really good answer, Todd Bowley. Remember L Bowley, hang out the stars in Indiana. Maybe Todd Bowley will hang out the stars at Stamford Bridge and then get everyone sacked around him and he'll be completely oblivious and egotistical and just say, well, let's sack everybody and I'll try again in January. Who knows what's going to happen, but it's uh, foreseeable that that, uh, that could occur. Uh, Ryan, what about you, the Premier League's biggest tool? Ronaldo. Yes. It's always Ronaldo, really. As, yes, it's a super answer. Yeah, CR7. Mm. He's, a, he's a disgrace, isn't he? Mm. Narcissistic gobshite. Beautifully well put. Yes, absolutely. Can't argue with you there. A narcissistic gobshite. Well, let's move on to more pleasant topics and that, uh, yeah, narcissistic gobshite, that absolute, um, you know, slimy, slimy egotist. And let's just move on to the final topic, the last one, the big one. Uh, and it's going to be, of course, the Premier League winner. Now, this is a Liverpool podcast. And I'm pretty sure we're all going to go for Liverpool. If not, uh, then you're welcome to have another opinion. You don't have to be, um, you know, influenced by bias or, or anything else. Um, you can go, it, go wherever you like with it. But I am going to go with Liverpool purely on the back of um, Man City. I think being a bit stupid by selling, because I, I think you win stuff by having a very deep squad as much as you, you do having a very good first team. And to get rid of um, the players they've gotten rid of, uh, Sterling, Zinchenko and Gabriel Jesus, although neither is the best in their position, they're certainly extremely brilliant footballers. And they've gotten rid of three brilliant footballers. And of course, Fernandinho's retired. I think they're going to miss his influence. Um, KDB is unbelievable. He's stratospheric. But they look to me like a bit of a one-man team. You could add Bernardo Silva maybe into that and Cancelo maybe into that. Okay, you can add maybe Haaland, depending on what happens into that. But there's so much dross that goes under a dross is too harsh. But there's there's so much so many players who aren't as good as they should be, um, like Grealish and, and players that Pep hasn't really taken to the level where his, you know, 
backroom staff will tell him that he has taken them to. Um, I think I think they've gone down a smidgen, basically, and that's we only need them to go down a smidgen to overtake them. And I don't think anyone else has, you know, done anything in this in this window so far to put in a challenge to Liverpool or Manchester City. And I think City, yes, they've fallen down. They might buy some incredible players between now and the end of the season, uh, end of the window, sorry, end of the summer transfer window, and then, you know, prove everybody wrong. But I think it's such a big system change with Erling Haaland coming in, and they've lost those three big guys, uh, four, including Fernandinho. I think it's I think it's going to be too, too tough for them. Um, they might not even break 90 points. Hmm. Uh, Ryan, the Premier League winner, is it going to be Liverpool? Why? It is going to be Liverpool um, because we are great. Uh, we've got a really good side, really settled side. I think Nunes doesn't require us to transition the way or, or to change the way we play in the same way that Holland uh, coming into City means that they have to change the way they play. Um, <clears throat> I think a big one for me with City in terms of their transfers, because I think Alvarez, Holland, and Phillips replace Fernandinho, Sterling, and Jesus, but I don't think. Um, They've replaced Zinchenko, uh, which means that Cancelo has to play every game at left-back, which means he can't be the second-choice right-back. So they need a second-choice left-back and a second-choice right-back now, uh, unless you want to go with Nathan Ake at left-back and Stones at right-back, which I'm not convinced by either one of those two players in those positions. Um, And sure, they're still an exceptional side. I think Phil Foden will have a better season than he had last season in terms of his own personal performances. And you can probably apply that to a couple of other players as well um Rodri being another one who, who seems to just get better every time I see him um but I think they may drop more points than they did last season they might only get 91 points which is still a ridiculous amount of points but if they get two points fewer and we get the same then we will win the league beautifully answered beautifully argued uh Doug from the dugout football channel it's gonna be Liverpool this is it this is our year well this is taken from Mail Sport. Since August 2018, Manchester City have taken 358 points from 152 games. Liverpool have taken 357. These two are absolutely relentless, but this is our year. It's going to be Liverpool. Because I have a feeling, I have a feeling that two things are going to happen. We're going to beat Say at Anfield. I think City are going to lose somewhere stupid, like Palace maybe. I just have a feeling this time we will do better against the low-block teams because we have Darwin. Starwin Nunes. Excellent stuff. Excellent stuff. Um, I love it. Um, uh, We've got some great comments coming in. Alan in the chat says, Ryan is on fire today. Yes, he is, Alan. Um, and uh, so is Liam. Liam, are you on fire for a Liverpool win in the Premier League? Or are you going to say, well, City, they've won it four of the last five times. They're going to do it again, turn this league into a predictable snore fest. I don't think City will win the league for the same reasons you've echoed. I don't want to be a, like a stuck record, but I think I don't think people understand the influence that players like Jesus, Sterling, as you say, for Fernandinho leaving as well. Um, Zinchenko maybe not so much but even still they've not directly replaced him as of yet 
Um, I just don't think they're stronger than they were last year. I mean, Haaland's a world-class striker. Um, as I've said previously on the show, I'm not sure he'll find his feet straight away. Um, Calvin Phillips is good, but again, consistently, he's missed a lot of football over the last two years, especially last season. Um, and I don't think Leeds actually missed him that much when he was missing. Also, that probably he's not... I don't think he's that suited to Jesse Marsh's style of play. Um, so I don't think Leeds will miss him too much. And I think for 50 million, when you include the Darko Giabi that they've signed, uh, the 45, if not, uh, they'll probably be happy with that deal. Um, so, yeah, I'm going to say us, although I don't think either of us are going to hit 90 points this season. I think we're going to miss Mane a lot. I don't think people realise um, just how much. I think Darwin is incredible. Um so much so that he was the first player I got on the back of a shirt this season. Um, I love the scenes at the weekend. I think we've put a marker down on City already. Being in the stadium is probably one of my greatest experiences, being in a football stadium, even though it was the Community Shield. But no, I'm not sure either of us will hit 90 points this season. I think we've both got weaker rather than strengthened, in my honest opinion. Well, it's 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 beautiful. It's beautiful, and that wraps us up absolutely wonderfully. Thank you so much uh, to Liam and to to Douglas and to Ryan. Um, it's been absolutely beautiful talking with you guys. And uh, thanks to everybody in the comments. Um, thank you, everybody listening, wherever you are, whoever you are, around this beautiful planet of ours. Um, you know, there are many ways of seeing the future. Necromancy is one of them. When you summon the dead. Uh, who can tell you about the future, for example, uh, the witch of Endor in the Bible, who used a necromantic ritual to conjure the spirit of Samuel at the behest of Saul, um, as depicted in a very interesting medieval drawing by Joseph Glanville. So you can always Wikipedia that if you've got nothing to do before the footy starts. But the footy's back. Cop on his back. We're delighted to be with you. Thank you very much, everybody. You'll never walk alone.